trained is amazing, particularly the people I work with. Alphas, extraordinary individuals who have stretched the capabilities of the human mind. You got a problem? Alphas deals with five individuals that have really heightened ability. They form this group and they go around trying to solve crimes. Rachel, what do you hear? He's running past a cafe. Heading into an alley three blocks north. These characters are led by Dr. Rosen and helps them to understand their abilities. My team is at risk. You know what you need to know. They don't know that they're being brought in as a potential SWAT team member. Who are you with exactly? We all have these special abilities. Nina, she's able to reprogram people's brains. Take us, take it. My ability is to flood my body with adrenaline. Gary can read electromagnetic wavelengths. It's there, sixth floor. Rachel has supersonic sound, hyper-intensified scent, taste, touch. Cameron Hicks, he has a perfect connection between the mind and the body. He can do things differently than most people. The fun thing with this group is together, we're able to be extraordinary. Stop! Gary, any luck with the signal? You have barely scratched the surface of what you are capable of. Alphas, an all-new original series, Mondays at 10, premiering July 11th, only on Sci-Fi. Imagine greater. Greetings, everyone. This is Rico, your host for Treks in Sci-Fi, the podcast you are now listening to. It is September 11th, 2011, and today will be podcast 348 for the show. The uh, The main topic for uh, this week's episode is going to be the Enterprise uh, uh, episode from season two, early in season two, called Carbon Creek which kind of focuses on T'Pol and a little tale that she tells to Archer and Trip about uh, a Vulcan, uh, a group of Vulcans on Earth a lot earlier than most people had realized. So that's uh, coming up here on the show. I'm going to be watching the episode and commenting as uh, we go through it. The uh, the little clip and, and preview there that you heard at the beginning of the podcast is from the sci-fi series Alphas, which I, I've been really enjoying, and uh, I'll probably talk just a little bit about it on the show this week. It's actually been renewed for uh, a second season, so that's pretty cool, and we're going to get another season of Alphas, uh, and that'll be, I think, 13 episodes is what they've uh, bought for the next season so far. Uh, but we've got some other comments from listeners, some other things to talk about uh, as well. Uh, lots to cover uh, along with the 45th anniversary of Star Trek. Started back in 1966 uh, in September of that year uh, with the first episode, The Man Trap, airing uh, on television. And, you know, as they say, the rest is history. So to start us off, we're going to play sort of a, a little uh, sort of retro Star Trek theme uh, music uh, that I found here that I'll play for you. And then we'll get into the mean, mean, <laughs> mean. I was going to say main and then I was going to say meat and it kind of came out as mean. That doesn't make sense, does it at all? But <laughs> anyway, we're going to get into the main show after this. And uh, here we go.
Okay, again, welcome back uh, to the show, or welcome to the show, everyone. I hope uh, you are uh, having a good day uh, whenever you happen to be listening to this, or good evening, or whatever. Uh, a lot of people listen, I think, uh, at work, uh, in the car, on a bus, on a train, on a plane, you know, just like the Dr. Zeus books, right? <laughs> Anyway, uh, this uh, today is uh, back to sort of a normal cast. Last week I did the uh, anniversary show live and tried to make uh, as much of a fool out of myself as I could dancing and other things. Uh, hope people who got a chance to watch that on the uh, Ustream uh, enjoyed it. And uh, congrats to our contest winners. We had some people uh, win some gift certificates to uh, Amazon and other things, iTunes. So uh, it was a lot of fun. I always like doing those. And I kind of talked about uh, some of my favorite things, I think, of the past year. There's been a lot of good sci-fi and fantasy stuff on and uh, lots of interesting things going on and uh, just lots of stuff to enjoy out there and uh, play with my iPad and uh, Kindle and, and, and cool gadgets coming out all the time. Just uh Lot, lots of fun stuff and uh, a fun time to uh, to be a geek, I guess, is what you could say. And uh, I'm really enjoying uh, some of the stuff that's on right now. Uh, like I played that Alphas clip for you. We've got Warehouse 13, Eureka, Warehouse 13, and, and both and Eureka 2 are, are both great. Doctor Who is just still amazing. It uh, I watched this. Um, the Girl Who Waited, I think, is the name of the episode. I watched that episode last night on BBC America. And it, it's just... It was great. I, I I mean the the acting, the talent, the storytelling, uh, and everything on this show is just is just really great this season, and I'm I'm enjoying it immensely. A very emotional type show, I think. Uh, one of the things I, I've always thought about uh, Doctor Who is is it uh, even though I love Star Trek and that, there's something about Doctor Who that sometimes gets me more worked up emotionally than than Trek. I, I love Trek for the science, the adventure. And, you know, and the heroism, and a lot of things, you know, and the space battles are always fun, and, and just, you know, you know, strange new worlds, and, and different things, and the characters too, but there, there's something about uh, Doctor Who that just gets me uh, going, and, and, and a lot more emotionally connected sometimes, in a way, and I think it's because there's a smaller, you know, it's a smaller group too, there's only really three main characters for the most part uh, currently, and uh, I think it really hooks you in, so... Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, so that's uh, what I've been up to and watching and 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 listening to. I I wasn't sure whether to mention this. This is we're gonna sort of go off and do a little side topic or for a minute. But I guess I'll you know since this podcast is being done and comes out on September 11th, I have to mention something about 9/11 uh, to a degree. Uh, you know, 10 years ago, you know, terrible tragedy. I don't think I need to explain or talk about or say anything really about what happened. I think everyone uh, in the world just about uh, is, is well aware of this, especially if you uh, were someone that was uh, old enough to remember when it happened at, at the time. And uh, the, I was thinking about this yesterday uh, as I was, you know, doing a few things around the house, some errands, and trying to decide what, you know, if I should mention it and what I should say. And I think what I'm going to say, or the, the only thing I wanted to say was that, you know, um, is I, I just wish things could get more towards the, the way they're portrayed in sci-fi in the future, especially Star Trek and, and some other shows in, in terms of, you know, do we is this really the answer? Is this really mankind's answer to solving its problems, doing, you know, terrible things like this? 
I, I just, uh, I, I feel, I guess in a way, sometimes sorry for people that feel that way and think that way. So, uh, I, you know, and I, my uh, heart goes out to all those that lost, uh, you know, friends, family, and so so on in that, you know, that day. But I, I just think there's got to be a better way, people. And, uh, you know, that's all I'm going to say. So it's, uh, you know, let's move on. And I think one of the things you have to think about when anything happens, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge thing like that. Or, you know, it can just be a little thing is, you know, the way to sort of honor people uh, that things like that happen to is to go on with your life and try to do good and, uh, you know, be kind to others and all that good stuff and and just move on and, uh, you know, uh, be be the best you can be. So there we go. All right. Enough about that. Hey, let's talk about something that's even, you know, uh, kind of less sad, but maybe more Maybe in a way sad to some people, but more controversial. How about those uh, Star Wars Blu-ray movies coming out? I, I don't think I've really talked a lot about this yet uh, on the show, but it comes out next week uh, on Friday uh, here in the States. I'm not sure if that's a worldwide release or Canada and the UK when you guys are getting them. But, uh, you know, this has created a huge controversy, you know, as always. You know, what's George Lucas without releasing a new edition of Star Wars uh, without a little controversy. Sometimes I think he just sit there, you know, he's laughing and does it just to mess us, mess around with us in a way. I mean, overall, I've I've read and heard about some of these changes, and and they're overall and and the whole scheme of six whole movies pretty minor. But you know, it's almost like you know, really, I, you know, is this is this like almost an April Fool's joke? I mean, what, what was what's the point? Ewoks blinking. Vader yelling no again. I I mean I I don't know, but uh, I will be definitely buying these. I it's it's uh you know I've got five six different versions of Star Wars right now, even back to on videotape, uh, without uh, even a New Hope. I think I got a, an early VHS tape with no Episode Four, a New Hope on the on the uh, you know r- scroll at the beginning. So the uh, you know I've got plenty of different versions. Can pull them out if I want to watch them. I still have a, a working uh, uh, VCR and, and so forth. So, and there are all kinds of ways you can get digital type versions of this on the internet. Is all I'll say. Uh, one that uh, has been talked about on my forum on the Treks and Sci-Fi forum recently, uh, Star Wars Revisited. Uh, uh, Dangelis, especially uh, one of the forum members there, has been talking about that. It, it, it's a uh, basically a fan effort to kind of create a uh, sort of the ultimate, eh, that's not maybe the best word to use, ultimate, but create the the Star Wars that was originally released in a way, removing changes like Han shooting, you know, second <laughs> and not first and and, and stuff like that. Uh, it just just start, do a search either. If you're on the forum, you can find the threads for it or just search for Star Wars Revisited uh, on the internet and you'll find it too. So but, uh, you know, with all that said, I- I'm really looking forward to the Blu-rays just to have them in a high-def quality, finally, uh, on disc. Also to see a lot of the bonus and extra features, some of the footage that hasn't been seen in a very long time. Uh, there are scenes where, you know, Luke's building is uh, a new lightsaber in the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Um, there's a-, a sandstorm scene in that movie also. The scenes uh, on- at uh, Anchorhead in, the, uh, in A New Hope with Biggs and Luke's friends. So lots of, you know, I'm trying to think of the cool and good things to look forward to in the set. 
rather than all these little changes. I mean, I would prefer that they weren't put in. I think it's at this point, really, you know, this many years, 1977, say, for example, that movie till now, uh, you know, it's 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 hard to believe really that you need to make these changes still. And I mean, is it really that something that was I, I was listening to Arnie and Marjorie on Star Wars Action News, the last uh, podcast they did last week? talking a little bit about this and Marjorie had some comment and I feel the same way was like, you know, George just tossing and turning some night when he was like, boy, how come my Ewoks didn't blink? And, and was that really bugging him all these years, 30, you know, 30 plus years later? Uh, and it's, uh, you know, really, really, George? I mean, I mean, I don't know, but uh, that's about it. I think that's all we really need to say. I know there's going to be People on on both ends of it, extreme that say George Lucas is, is is a genius. Whatever he decides to do is perfect, and then there are the ones that think, you know, George Lucas, you you ruined my childhood with all these changes, and and I'll never forgive you. And uh, but I'll go buy the discs anyway. So um, I'm going to take a short break uh, during this break, uh, and then I'll come back with a couple more little comments, and then we'll get into the episode of Enterprise Carbon Creek. Uh, but during this break, I have, I think, a clip here of uh, Rick Moyer and Tim, I think, both uh, talking about uh, a movie that they went to see recently. I believe uh, Apollo 18. So listen to what they have to say about that cool movie. And I will be back after that uh, with uh, a few more things and then the uh, Enterprise episode. Hi, this is Rick. And this is Tim. And we just got back from watching Apollo, Apollo 18. 18. Well, Andrew, my son, and Tim, my friend, uh, who was visiting, uh, we got in the car and drove over for the 215 showing at the South Shore Mall Cinema. Uh, we bought our tickets and went into one of the smaller theaters at our theater, so it wasn't a big, huge screen, but it wasn't horrible, and we sat down. Now, Tim, tell me what you thought at first we were going to see, because you guys, both you and Andrew were, were betting that it would be cheesy and bad. Well, that was pretty much it. The previews didn't give me a lot of confidence because it, it just looked like a fairly stereotypical horror film that would have some cheesy monster. They would fight their way out of it, survive, and, you know, there'd be one alive. That's pretty much what I was expecting from like, the film. Like an alien film except cheesy. Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, the tagline on the movie is, is there's a reason we never went back. Yeah. So I wasn't too hopeful for it. <laughs> Andrew, you you uh you were just shaking your head. You didn't really want to go, did you? He's not going to say anything. No. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> he doesn't like being on reviews. Well, so okay, so we sat down, we watched the previews and they didn't even show the like silence your cell phones thing or anything. We'll try to do this without a huge amount of spoilers. Uh, we'll just give you because it's fairly new, and we want everybody to go see it. So uh, we watched. It started off. It didn't even have any like prequels. I don't think I ever saw a movie title come up on the thing. You know, that's actually a good point. I didn't see. I mean, we had the end credits, but we never had the beginning credits. I mean, they never. still they still do beginning credits even now, but it, no movie title. At least it I was. Don't so it was them. done really different. Well, okay. So okay. So. It starts off and it's totally done in a like a. They basically say this is footage, um, footage that was taken on this mission, the secret mission to the moon, and we've cut together this footage. And they even have a website that you can go to, and and view some more stuff about it and everything called Lunar Truth 
com. Which I'm actually looking up if that's an actual website. Let's find out right now. Tim's going to look and see if LunarTruth.com is a website or not. Let's see. And here we go. And so, so we're sitting there watching the movie. And boy, I'll tell you what. For me, the movie went pretty quick. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, you know, I didn't even realize it was such a short. I mean, it was short. It was short, but it, it felt quick and slow at the same time, which is yeah. a very weird feeling. Well, it was a lot like watching a documentary, but this was done in such a different way than we expected, mm-hmm. and and not at all. I, you, we did. I didn't see a lot of this stuff coming, and so it was really, really different and surprisingly refreshing. For it's just not it's not a it's not a shoot 'em up rock 'em sock 'em robot movie or anything, but it, it did have its moments. Mm-hmm. So is LunarTruth.com an actual website? I am not seeing one, so I'm going to say that that is a fake website. Oh man, which is weird because usually when movies do that, they do have a legitimate website, but it's more just to promote the movie. Um, that's weird. But there's not even a website, which is really odd. There uh, sure isn't. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, I can't remember what movie I saw this in, but they had this website that you could go to, and the, it was just nothing more than a promotional website. Right. But this one did not even have one. Why Why even throw out a website if you're not even going to try and you know, build one? That's kind of a strange move. That is. I'm looking up the actual official website for Apollo 18, and uh, it's probably Apollo. It's called 18. it's called Apollo18Movie.com. Yeah, or .dot net. .dot net, huh? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's and there it comes right there. This is how the the uh, how it sounds. So again, it's just really weird that they would throw out that. I mean, if they did anything, they should have just done Apollo18movie.com, and that would have, you know. Maybe, maybe they couldn't the get that. Controlled. Okay, team, oh, no. go for undock in four minutes. So fun. the movie was basically done in this no type way. of a style, where you, you felt like you were watching um, the actual moon landings and stuff. Boys. Mm-hmm. You got three... Billion people. What there. would you say? What would you say, Tim, was the most surprising thing about the movie to you? Uh, Without doing too many spoilers. Hmm. Well, the most surprising part about it would be a spoiler. So there's just I, I will say this: midway through the movie, there's something that I I expected one thing to happen, and I saw something entirely different. So I'll just say that. Yes, um, I agree with you, and and that was um, there. There definitely is a couple of different times when the whole audience reacted. Yeah, yeah, they uh, were very surprised. Yes. Uh, here's one thing you you said you've seen previous Apollo mission footage. Yes. Um, d- did they all put flags down on the moon? I think all of them. Yeah, all they of, all did. Okay, yes. I I knew only one did because I've never seen the footage from any of the other ones. Yeah, you know what happened is everybody got all excited about the Apollo missions, the first one, and then and then from then on they didn't. I mean, they paid attention a little bit, but it, I mean, it became normal for people to be walking on the moon so you didn't see a lot of footage later uh, but you can go look it up and you can find a bunch of stuff on youtube and different places where you can actually see the footage it's kind of cool they play golf on the moon and do all sorts mm-hmm. of different stuff but they didn't play golf in this movie no i bet they wish they had though i bet they wish they had <laughs> so tim out of five stars how many stars do you give apollo 18 out of five i usually don't 
do f out of five star ratings, but um, I'm going to give it a four. Wow, that's pretty good. It's it's probably giving it a little. It's probably being generous. Yeah. in this case, and I um, I also would do the same. Yeah, I, I I I give it a four mainly based on the entertainment value of it because I was expecting just to be bored out of my skull, and it actually did draw me in with the tension of the plot. And yeah. I've, I've only had that happen a couple of times previously. The rest of the time, I'm just sitting there laughing myself. Yeah, <laughs> but this time I was surprised. So yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad you guys were proved wrong. <laughs> and I, I also would give it a four stars. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, and I think everybody on the forums would really enjoy this movie. Um, so we recommend it highly. Uh, go see the movie. Tell us what you think. We won't give any more spoilers. So thanks, Rico, for letting us give this long review. But uh, Apollo 18. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was cool. We've got a regular sample, 18101. i got another sample, 18102. i got to document this. Nate says he never snores in his sleep. Now i got proof. Well, thanks so much, guys, uh, Tim and Rick, for your review of Apollo 18. While you guys were uh, talking about that, I did look at that uh, that website that you mentioned that's in the movie, uh, and it, it does exist. It's but it's a dot uh, it's a dot org, not a dot com. It's uh, lunartruth.org. and the when you go to the website, though, don't you know. Don't go out of your <laughs> your way to look at it because it's just a one flash, not a flash, uh, but it's just a one screen thing of something like the, this footage has been, you know, uh, uh, only available, will only be available in the Apollo 18 movie. There's nothing really much there, but it is, you know, they do own the URL, I guess, and put a little one page thing up. So that's it. .org, though, not .com. And yeah, I'd like to see this movie. I may just wait to see it on, on, on home uh, DVD or whatever, or streaming, whenever it comes to Netflix. It's um, not uh, something that, uh, you know, I'm dying to run out and see. I like, you know, the idea of having these sort of movies that they try to keep it as real as possible with one slight change or difference. You know, the fact that there was really no Apollo 18. This is just this sort of secret mission that something happened on and the reason they've you know it was never released to the public is because of things that happened i guess or whatever it's a cool concept and i and i do want to see it because i'm a big space junkie fan and all that uh, hey one thing though that again also while you guys were um playing and i was listening to your review if you go over to uh, space.com which is a great website by the way go over to space.com there's a uh, a lunar reconnaissance probe that's uh, you know that's orbiting the uh, the moon. I don't know if it's still actually active and going. I can't. Uh, I'm trying to look up the time frame when these pictures were taken. But there there's a video. Just search on uh, that site for Apollo landing site spotted. Um, and basically, this probe that's been taking pictures, very high detail shots of the moon, has got uh, some cool images of the moon and the lunar surface from old Apollo landing sites, I think 12, Apollo 12, 14, and 17. So go check that out over at space.com to see these uh, cool images, uh, you know, to show that we were actually there at one time, a long time ago, but, uh, and uh, it, it's, it's pretty neat to see. The last thing I want to talk about this week uh, is uh, the movie Conan. I, I did go see the Conan movie, the Conan the Barbarian movie, not Conan the Comedian movie, 
But I went to see that movie last week, finally. This is, I think I talked about it on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. I tried to see it once, and I, I got kind of put away or put off uh, because uh, it was only in 3D at the time that I could go to the movie. So I didn't want to see it in 3D. I didn't want to spend the extra money, and I'm just kind of resistant for all these conversions to 3D movies that they've been doing. But I did finally see it regular, you know, hate to even call it 2D, but uh, the movie was pretty good. Actually, I think the movie is better than it's being ripped up by the critics and stuff. And I think the movie had a pretty tight story. I think the action sequences were well done. Uh, was it, he, you know, the guy, Jason Momoa, who played in Game of Thrones as Drago and and he's been on Stargate Atlantis. Was he as imposing and big and, and Conan-like as Arnold was? Maybe not. I think he, he was very good with the sword and sword play, but and he's a big guy. There's no question about that. But I think he, he may be, you know, Conan always seemed like he should look a little bit rougher. This guy looked, he was big, pretty big, but I think he needed to be a little more like he'd been out in the woods longer. I mean, they put a few scars on him and things like that, but he looked a little too nice, I guess is what I would call it, a little too clean. Uh, but the story I enjoyed, I, I think there are some dialogue uh, you know, issues with a few things, a few lines they say that are a little too modern sounding. Uh, but uh, overall, I enjoyed it. I think it was worth my five bucks to see it. And, you know, I like this kind of stuff. I like sword and sorcery kinds of movies and fantasy things like that. Uh, I even like Prince of Persia. That I, I like that whole uh, sort of realm because I'm, you know, an MMO player and I played D&D for years. So things like that that involve swordplay and magic, I'm kind of a little bit of a softy and a sucker for stuff like that. So anyway, uh, Conan, probably easily worth, you could wait till uh, it comes out on DVD, but it is still playing in some theaters. So uh, check it out if you get a chance. So that's it. That's all the news. Oh, one last thing I wanted to say. Before we get into Carbon Creek, uh, my uh, annual DreamHost dues fees for the hosting you know, the podcast and all the websites associated with Treks and Sci-Fi are coming due uh, towards the end of this month, of uh, September, in about another two weeks, I think. So uh, I am taking donations. Uh, this is the time of the year. I, I usually try to drum up some donations to help pay for uh for the uh, the hosting fees. So if you would like to send me a donation, you can just do it via PayPal. You can find links to that on the main webpage. I think there's a donation tab, or you'll find it. Or just go to into your PayPal account and send your donations to my email address that I use for PayPal and other things for the show, treksf at gmail.com. And even if it's just five bucks or three bucks or four bucks or whatever you guys like to do or, or feel like you can do, uh, if if this uh, podcast is something that you enjoy each week, you know, every week you're listening and downloading it 52 uh, times a year or so, uh, you know, a, a couple of bucks to help support it would be very appreciated and I'd be very grateful. So thanks to those that have donated so far. I appreciate those definitely. And uh, anyone else that you'd like to do that, uh, that would be great as well. So well, let's get into uh, the main topic today, which is the Enterprise episode Carbon Creek. All right, here we go with Carbon Creek, second episode of season two of Enterprise. Say when. When? I didn't know you drank one. Under the circumstances, I'll allow myself a small indulgence. I make mine a large indulgence. <laughs> to our science officer, it's been one year to the day 
since you officially joined our crew. Here's to many more. I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm simply carrying out my assignment. That's no small accomplishment, considering your previous record for a Vulcan serving on a human ship was two weeks. Ten days. <laughs> I've been filling out your annual crew evaluation. Just a formality. I understand. The High Command has requested One of the my few uh, times you get to see a Vulcan drinking alcohol is in this episode. Just a formality. There's something in your record I've been meaning to ask you about. While you were stationed in Sausalito, you took a five-day leave. Yes. You went to an old mining town in Pennsylvania, Carbon Creek. Seems like an odd place to take a vacation. Vulcans don't take vacations. Then, if I may ask, why'd you go there? Is this part of my evaluation? Just curious. It was a personal matter. You had a personal matter in Carbon Creek, Pennsylvania? Trip. If she doesn't want to tell us. Seems a little unfair. We tell her plenty of stories. You'd like me to tell you a story? If it's a good one. I went to Carbon Creek because I wanted to visit the site of first contact between humans and Vulcans. Then you were about 3,000 kilometers off. That took place in Montana. Actually, it didn't. Uh. Every school kid knows that Zephram Cochran met the Vulcans in Bozeman, Montana on April 5th, 2063. I've been there. There's a statue. In fact, the Vulcans visited Earth long before then. My second foremother was one of them. You're who? My mother's mother's mother. Would you like to hear the story? Yeah, please, please, Paul, tell us. It's been a long road. All right, so we'll dial down the opening uh, credits here to Enterprise. Even though this uh, song certainly grew on me throughout the years. This episode, uh, Carbon Creek, again from season two, I like it for a, a number of things, and I'll talk about them as we watch it together. It's, uh, I, I do like episodes that have, show you kind of a historical point in, in time, and here you're getting to learn about really the time Vulcans first were on Earth, not to like when we saw them in first contact with Zephram Cochran. In that movie in Montana, you know, we all thought, okay, this is the first time. And that, that's sort of the first official time it happens for the record books, for history, but this one's a little bit more secret and uh, in, that happened in Pennsylvania and Carbon Creek. One thing, uh, interesting thing is, is for some reason, Carbon Creek, there is no Carbon Creek, Pennsylvania, at least not that I can find. Uh, it was made up for this episode. There is actually a Carbon Creek a stream, uh, a little river in California, in Southern California, called Carbon Creek. So I don't know if that's where the guys who uh, worked on this episode got the name for it or not. But anyway, the uh, story here is by Rick Berman, Bronan Braga, and Dan O'Shannon. Teleplay is by Chris Black, directed by James Contenier, and uh, was first aired on September 25th, 2002. I can't compensate. The refusion pressure is still dropping. 
If our orbit decays any further, we'll be detected. Now we're showing a Vulcan ship here uh, with to a crew. The of its first artificial satellite called Sputnik. During their third week of gathering information about humanity, their impulse manifold began to malfunction. They had no choice but to attempt an emergency landing. Try to find an isolated area. Send a distress call to the high command. So we have a small Vulcan uh, kind of a, a exploration vessel here that's having to land on Earth in the 100 past. 100 kilometers. Deploy the stabilizers. 19, you know, 50-ish. Our landing vector is too steep. And of course, to Paul, uh, the actress Jolene Blaylock is playing her ancestor here. Her name is actually uh, Tamir in this episode. Nice effects here where it's, you know, the, the Vulcan ship is crashing onto the planet. Uh, they're wearing sort of like these brown leather outfits, uh, uniforms. The idea that this ship would be here to explore Sputnik, though, I've always sort of questioned a little bit. I mean, that's a pretty small little probe. Are you hurt? I don't think so. I mean, to pick up on that, unless you happen to be Captains. in the area. I, I you know, even with their tech and Vulcan, you know, it. It seems unlikely. A warp signature? What yeah. What are your orders? Why did the Vulcans keep this a secret? The incident is well documented at the Science Directorate and the Space Council. On Vulcan? Of course. Hang on. Tamir was your great-grandmother? I'd be the last person to question your math, but aren't you missing a few generations? Sputnik was 200 years ago. Don't forget how long Vulcans live. Right. Just how old are you? It's got to be in a record. Trip, that's classified information. Please, go on. The uh, the wine keeps getting poured here in this too. In Their this subspace episode, transceiver was uh, damaged in the crash. They had no way of knowing if their distress signal had even been transmitted. They used uh, up their emergency rations within a week. After five days without food, their situation was growing desperate. Now, they're out kind of in the woods here, too, and Vulcans, you know, being vegetarians, I, I, you know, they couldn't find anything to eat and forage or anything. These guys should be pretty smart. You know, I, I, I mean, it is kind of, you know, an area that maybe doesn't have a lot, and it's, I think, not the best time of year, too. Pennsylvania, unless you're there during the spring-summer. Oh, now they see a deer, a couple of them, and, uh, of course, they wouldn't kill them for food. But. Fascinating. One of those creatures could sustain us for some time. Yes, it could, and it, they're very Are good. Are suggesting we Venison. eat it? It's logical to take extreme measures to survive. Even resorting to savagery. That may not be necessary. Our scans showed a settlement approximately six kilometers away. If we're exposed, we could contaminate their culture. And when they find our bodies after we starve, will that contaminate their culture? Better to leave them with a mystery than with three living aliens. We should at least investigate the possibilities. 
I'm gonna dial up it's the volume dangerous. on the episode here a little bit more. I'm willing to take the risk. Mestral! Remain here. The uh, Vulcan here, uh, named Mistral, is actually the. How do you suggest we proceed? We'll need to disguise ourselves. They got the name from the guy who invented Velcro, uh, George D. Mistral. Uh, so that's where he, the character gets We're his name. We're here to find food, nothing else. They're we'll grabbing some clothing out on a line. An absolute minimum. If we must interact with them, I will speak. There's a pretty uh, <laughs> racy scene what real quick it? with T'Pol changing behind a I sheet. I believe you have that garment on. With sort of a shadow of her silhouette uh, showing pretty much about as much as you can get away with on regular uh, TV. Anyway, she puts on this dress and uh, she puts it on backwards at first because she's not, of course, familiar with the clothing. But you've got the, the Vulcan guy with his little hat on covering his ears. And Paul, or sorry, Tamir just covers her, her pointed ears with her hair. They don't appear to be restrained. More likely laborers. It's hard to believe these people were capable of launching an artificial satellite. Dixon hits a scorcher down the right field line. The first baseman makes a stab at it, but no. Ellis is charging hard for right field. He scoops it up and fires. Some guys listening to a baseball game in the radio in a car here, and uh, Mistral comes in and looks over uh, at them. Some type of combat, no doubt. I believe it may be an entertainment. Really nice uh, use of, uh, uh, of a series of, of sets and, and location here. I'm trying to dig up on uh, where this was uh, filmed at. I think it's a back lot somewhere. A communal gathering place. Do they have food? It appears so. Oh, this episode was also nominated Remember. for a Hugo Best Dramatic Presentation speak. in the short form. Actually, there is a Carbondale, Pennsylvania, too, just so you know. It's kind of a pseudonym for that. Another? Nah, sell up. All right. I'm next. And there was also a real-life Carbon yes. Creek Coal Company value. in Bradford County in northeast Pennsylvania. Thanks, Billy. So they're what basically now in a little diner place trying to figure out how to get some food. Do you have anything that doesn't require currency? You mean free? What brings you to Carbon Creek? 
We had an accident with our vehicle outside your town. Are you okay? We're fine. You folks married? No. We're business associates. There's a gas station up the road. I'd be happy to give you a lift. No, thank you. Suit yourself. Anybody up for a game? Quarter ball? Episode reminds me a little bit of you better uh, ask your mother, Jackie. City on the Edge of Forever, too, especially since it's set in the past and they're trying to figure out a way to make Come some on, money. money. Go on upstairs and do your homework. I'll bring you up some dinner. I'm up for a game. <laughs> what are you doing? I told you not to speak to anyone. I can defeat him. You don't even know the rules. It's simple. I thought you didn't have any money. He doesn't. Well, sorry, pal. There's nothing in it for me. It's time for us to go. Wait a minute. We might be able to work something out. If you win, I'll pay up. If I win, your business associate has a drink with me. We accept your terms. We do not. The game is based on simple geometry. It wouldn't challenge a Vulcan child. No. We need their currency. What if you lose? I'll have to socialize with him. <laughs> yes. That would be so terrible. He's not really actually a bad-looking guy, the guy playing pool Would you here. rather die of starvation? Tough break. Now, as someone who's played pool for a lot of years myself, uh, there's a lot more to pool than, than geometry. You know, they always say that in movies, but there's strategy, there's placements, there's just the rules themselves there's a lot of things i mean yeah if you if you are good with geometry that's okay but you need to be able to hit the balls with that just knowing the angles and things so i could say maybe yeah eventually he'd, he'd pick it up pretty good but not as quickly as seems to happen uh, so anyway you'll see tricky shots in this in this footage here too it's like <laughs> not just one ball two or three ball in that pocket but of course it serves this story you know that gets them a little bit of money to get started so lets them go to a little grocery store pick up some things cryogenics do you suppose they've experimented with protein replicators? Why didn't you ask the merchant? You seemed willing to engage everyone else in conversation. I like this Mistral guy. I think that one's gone to your head. What are you implying? Two Vulcans stroll into a bar, hustle a few games of pool, and walk out with an armload of TV dinners. Sounds like an old episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> You're not interested in hearing the rest. Hold on, hold on. We didn't say we weren't interested. 
Yeah, so they're, they're having a little trouble buying it, really. But it makes sense, you know. So. They realized they couldn't rely on gambling, so they took whatever employment they could find while they waited for a rescue vessel to arrive. I kind of like the fact that the uh, that the to Paul's great grandmother Tamir is, is the more skeptical, the more you know, not willing to kind of go along with humans. This other Vulcan that's with them. I think his name is Strawn, something like that. It seemed less likely that he, uh, he works as a plumber. But it became more difficult for them to avoid the humans. Mistral is uh, working in the coal mine. Now they're watching a, uh, a nuclear test uh, in New Mexico Nothing on the like television. Nothing like an atomic test to make your day. Doesn't it concern you? The bomb scares the hell out of me. I'd hate to see humanity destroy itself. One thing that, that they don't touch us. upon in this episode at all is, of course, language. Want to shoot some maple? Jack. I've got a geometry midterm next week. They're it's very, very good at English. You know, there's no universal translators working here, so Are they just kind of avoid that whole part of it. Um, it's what I want to study at college. Mechanical engineering. If I get to go. You will. He got a scholarship. Only a partial one. It's still a scholarship, and you worked hard for it. Kaylee, what's the matter? Did Everybody's you hear that wolf on that podcast? For his expenses, books He's laying down here in the basement with me. You can shoot one rack, and that's it. Your break. So they're slowly kind of settling in and fitting in. They have a little room. They've got jobs. And uh, it's it's kind of funny because it's <laughs> they're like a little family now, the three of them here. And they actually watch television as entertainment. This is the third time this week I've had to fix Mrs. Garrett's sink. Perhaps she enjoys your company. It might be tolerable if her son didn't insist on calling me Mo. Why does he do that? There is a comic actor known as a stooge with that name. The boy believes we have similar hair. There is a resemblance. This is intolerable. <laughs> I'm a warp field engineer. Then perhaps you can Not help a me construct a subspace transceiver. I told you, it's impossible. If we remain here, we'll die. This world's on the brink of self-annihilation. I don't believe that. Because your fascination with this species is blinding you. You sit for hours each day in front of this idiotic device. I'm doing research. Yes. Perhaps if you spent more time observing human behavior, you might not have such a pessimistic view of them. Open your eyes. They revel in violence. They devote what little technology they have to devising ways of killing each other. So did we centuries ago. They just haven't realized their potential yet. Exactly. What potential? Yes. They have great empathy and compassion. Look how we've been made to feel welcome. Only because they believe we're human. Well, if they maybe. discovered the yes. truth. Yes. But uh, you've got to Do you think they'd be so compassionate? Got to understand their perspective too, so. 
Where are you going? To the ship. Why? This antenna is inadequate. I believe I can use a waveform discriminator to enhance it. It'll be safer to go after dark. We can't risk being followed. I need to go now. I Love Lucy is on tonight. <laughs> That's a nice little reference to things, too, because the original Trek was done at Desi Lu, of course, which was uh, Desi Arnaz and Lucille Ball's production company. There's a couple things that happen in this episode, too, with the Vulcans here. Mistral just gets picked up by the woman who, uh, who runs the little diner place, or, or the waitress there. There is some Vulcan lying that goes on in this episode. So even though Vulcans don't generally, as a rule, lie, it, it happens a few times here. So it's, it's something they can do, obviously. can't find where they did this. I gotta believe it's on some backlot set somewhere, but well, there's a lot of trees and things. It on television. More invigorating. Well, there's another game next week, if you'd like to go. Or we could do something else, uh, taking a movie. That would be enjoyable. Can I ask you a question? Yes. What are you hiding under that cap? A pointed head? You're not from Mars, are you? <laughs> There's always a line oh, like that in these I, kinds I, I of episodes. I didn't mean to make fun of you. I'm not offended. May I ask you a question? Please. What happened to your mate? You mean my husband? Yes. He left a long time ago. Jack used to get letters from him every now and then. The last we heard, he'd moved to Phoenix. I was hoping he would help with Jack's college, but I guess we're on our own. I can understand why he wouldn't want to have anything to do with me, but... I'm sorry. I'm usually better at keeping a lid on my emotions. It's, it's not always easy. I know. <laughs> That's a good line, too, of course, since Vulcans, of course, keep their well, emotions um, in check all the time. I'm due back at the pine tree. Will I see you later? He's just sitting there in her car, and she moves in now to give him a kiss. Oh, I, I, I didn't mean to. I, I thought... Oh, God. Please. I, I was simply surprised. It was... very pleasant. Pleasant? <laughs> Wasn't that an appropriate response? Well, it's been a while since I kissed a man, but still, I was hoping it'd be a little bit more than pleasant. I did say very pleasant. <laughs> Coming from a Vulcan, that's like, you know, pretty much like a... We've got company. You know, crazy uh, statement, so... And now Tamir uh, slash Paul is watching them from... I should uh, go. ...across the street, like a voyeur... Thank you again. Again, I like this guy a lot. It's uh, he, He's very kind of Spock-like uh, in a way, because he's 
he's not afraid to sort of embrace the humans a little bit, both figuratively and literally. Waveform discriminator. I went to a baseball game in Doylestown. More research? Maggie invited me. I didn't think it would be a problem. Then why did you lie about it? Because I knew you wouldn't understand. You were engaging in intimate activity. The guy uh, playing Mistrell is J. Paul Balmer. I didn't initiate it. You're to have no further contact with that woman. You can't make that decision. I'm still in command. Command of what? Our mission is over. It's time to accept the fact that we may never leave this world. This guy kind of also reminds me a little bit about of Spock when uh, he got stuck in the past on the world of all our yesterdays uh, in the original series and, and started to accept his fate and McCoy would always pop in and tell him you can't accept it. We have to try to figure out a way to get back home. So uh, again, a similar thing. There's also uh, other episodes of Star Trek, the Voyager episode 1159 with Janeway talking about one of her past ancestors is kind of has some parallels and some similarities to this episode. Now, uh, Tamir is uh, sort of trying to meditate. I was just going to play some pool. I didn't mean to bother you. In um, At the little bar place. What are you doing? I was about to meditate. Really? Are you just trying to clear your mind or reach a higher spiritual plane? I spend a lot of time at the library. <laughs> This Studying is the, meditation techniques? The, the kid oh, of different the, things. That's uh, uh, mostly about places I'd like to visit. Uh, like Tibet, the, the Buddhist monks there meditate every day. And in India, they've got these mystics called fakirs. Supposedly, they can almost stop their hearts just by using willpower. You'd be surprised what a disciplined mind can accomplish. What else do you study at this library? Astronomy, um, literature. Sometimes I'll just pick a book off the shelf and start reading. What about you? What do you like to read? I have an interest in astronomy as well. Oh, really? Did you know that uh, minutes after dusk, when the sun is just right, you can see Sputnik with a naked eye? Maybe tomorrow I could show you. I've seen it already. Yeah, kind of close up even, It's amazing. Too. Don't you think? Well, I'll let you get back to your meditating. It was nice talking to you. And you. See, see, Tamir, they're not all, all us humans are all just backwards hillbillies and don't think about the future or anything beyond, you know, mining coal or whatever, destroying ourselves. Hello. Hey. I got tickets to the ball game this weekend. It's double header. Tim's going. Gavin. Jack. Maggie? I'm afraid I can't. What's wrong with you lately? Maggie says you haven't even... Are you all right, Bill? Yeah. There's a little problem at the, uh, the mine, obviously, here. And Mistrell just goes back to Why uh, do you the, need us here? the crash I'm ship. For a particle weapon, the armory case. Help me find it. Why? There's been an accident in the mine. At least 20 men are trapped. It could take the humans days to free them. 
We can't interfere. They'll die. A classic, you know, classic case of interference versus helping. You'd let them suffocate, even if we could prevent it. What if they see the weapon? We'll be certain they don't. At best, these humans only live to be 60 or 70. Is it worth the risk just to extend their lives a few more years? We can't contaminate their culture. This has nothing to do with contamination. It has to do with compassion. Compassion is an emotion. They're my friends, and I'm going to help them. Don't try to stop me. Again, I like this guy a lot. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, one of the first Vulcans that kind of understood humans and, and what uh, they're capable of. So he's back there, he's sort of sneaking into the mine area where they're trying to dig out these people. Dial back some of the uh, episode volume here. That's a good job on the on the set here too for the mine. Looks pretty good. Yes. Proceed 22 meters, then turn right at the junction. Tamir is helping uh, helping him out. There, she's scanning from the meters, outside to figure out the best place to use his weapon. Shaft. And he's having to sort of crawl through a little bit of an area here, a little tunnel in the, in the mine to get down to where he needs to cut them out. I see it. Set your dispersal radius to seven degrees. Two more meters. Cool use of the weapon here, able to, uh, you know, without bringing it all down, basically cut a hole through the wall here. How far? Approximately 30 meters. Here! Over here! <coughs> After rescuing the 12 miners, Mistral became something of a hero that day. Didn't people wonder how we got them out? I'm sure they did. But no one ever discovered the truth. Three months passed, and just as they had resigned themselves to the fact that, in all likelihood, they would never leave Earth. They're at their little uh, place here, and their communicator is uh, signaling. 
Tamir. This is Captain Tellus of the Vulcan survey vessel Duval. I'm responding to your distress signal. We thought it wasn't transmitted. Your signal was received by a Tellarite freighter. It took them some time to forward it to the High Command. We're approaching the system now. Meet us at the crash site in three days. Understood. Yeah, Mistrell is, is not too happy about it, actually. He's, uh, he would prefer to stay. He's, he's getting to like the humans and the, the way that they live there. I hear you're leaving. That's correct. Where to? Home. Up north. I'm gonna miss you. You're about the most interesting people I've met in this town. I'm sure you'll meet a lot of interesting people at college. I'm not going. What? Why not? We couldn't come up with the rest of the money. The deadline for the tuition's Friday, so... What will you do? Keep saving, I guess. Find a job. Mom doesn't want me anywhere near the mine, but that's where the work is around here. Can you try again next year for the scholarship? I'll reapply, but there's no guarantee. I'm sure they will offer it to you again. And if not, there's always a library. Still a lot of books I haven't read. Good luck up north. Carbon Creek's not exactly a vacation spot, but I hope you'll come visit us. Perhaps. He took those college boards. Got the highest score of anybody in the county. It's not fair. So, uh, Tamir, I keep wanting to say Tapal is, uh, She's not too happy about that. See, she's back at the uh, crash ship, searching around a bit. Now she's on a, uh, a train uh, for some reason. seen and heard that Mistral is, is, seems to be the one that's kind of connected most with the humans. Tamir is, is also uh, sort of become involved in their lives as well, which you're going to find out more of here in a second. So, you're the lady with the invention that's going to change the world. Yeah. <laughs> 
basically he hands this or she hands this guy this uh, velcro uh, little pouch that uh, that she she had on the ship and she was handed a whole bunch of money <laughs> pretty much even though again the uh, the inventor of velcro was a french guy this mistral that they kind of used for Morning. a lot of the vulcans names and they uh and Maggie comes into her place and finds all this money in, Jack? Like, in like the tip jar. <laughs> Jack? Anonymously, of course. So Didn't uh, you terminate your Jack employment? gets to go to college. Yes. But I promised Mrs. Garrett I'd repair this suction device. It's unfortunate that you'll be leaving these people without experiencing one thing they have to offer. Such as alcohol, frozen fish sticks, the constant threat of nuclear annihilation. All right, now There's don't. There's much more to them. Don't complain about alcohol you and fish sticks. just refuse to see it. I've seen enough. The third one I, I, I could do without, but. I plan to stay here. What? <laughs> if this is your attempt at humor. They're on the verge of countless social and technological advancements. I have the unique opportunity to study an emerging species that's what you've done. Much closer than we anticipated. Your duty is to return to Vulcan and report your findings. There's still more to learn about these people. All of them are just one. Well, yeah, This has Maggie's nothing to do with Maggie. Already, yeah. She has helped me appreciate their culture. But I don't intend to remain in Carbon Creek. Where would you go? To one of their larger cities at first. After that, I'm not certain. There's so much to see. The High Command will never allow it. Tell him it's not possible. Tamir? Perhaps I can arrange for you to be on the next survey ship. In another 20 years, running more statistical scans from high orbit? That's not enough. So the uh, the rescue uh, the Vulcan ship uh, is landing here. Where is your captain? He was killed in the crash. There were four Vulcans aboard your vessel. Mestral died in the crash as well. We cremated their remains. So Tamir is able to lie as well, so she leaves Mistral there on Earth. Which I think is pretty cool. It isn't just, you know, all neat and tidy. You know, they leave this guy behind and then take off. I don't really, I don't think, talk about the ship itself. Do you realize you've just rewritten our history books? Yeah. A footnote at best. Footnote? It, this is like finding out Neil Armstrong wasn't the first man to walk on the moon. Perhaps he wasn't. Oh. <laughs> How long did this Mastral stay on Earth? The rest of his life, presumably. And that would be what? Another 100, 150 years? Possibly longer. <sighs> An alien is left on Earth in the 1950s. 
lives through, what, 30 presidents, travels the world, and no one notices him? And what happened when he finally kicked the bucket? Did The Undertaker just shrug and ignore his ears? You asked me to tell you a story. <laughs> it was a good one. But did it really happen? As I said, you asked me to tell you a story. Damn, Captain. She put one over on us. You did go to Carbon Creek. If you check my record, you'll note that I also visited Yellowstone Park and the Carlsbad Caverns. I'm a scientist. That includes geology. So at the end, to Paul kind of Thank makes this like uh, it was more pleasure. of a story. You've certainly kept us entertained. Than uh, reality. But Good night. There's a little thing here that happens at the end. Oh, also, there's a deleted scene you can find on the DVDs for this that they had them all drinking a little bit more and got kind of drunk, even to Paul. And uh, they they were going to use it in the episode, but I guess it kind of got too much laughing going, uh, especially by Trip. And, and so they had to cut that scene. But it's pretty funny. You can watch the deleted scene. Probably even find it on YouTube, I think. Now to Paul is back in her quarters... And she pulls out of a little uh, cabinet this old purse that uh, Tamir had been using when she was on Earth. Obviously something made on Earth from a long time ago, which confirms, you know, the episode is everything that she said basically really did happen. And that is it. That's Carbon Creek. Nothing, you know, amazing or dramatic, a very standalone, standalone type of... Uh, of Enterprise episode, but I, I really like it. It's got a lot of charm to it. I like the characters. It, it's it's always fun to see somebody, one of the actors, get to play themselves sort of as an ancestor or in the past or an alternate version of themselves. And uh, it really, really well done. And in the idea that Vulcans were here way before, uh, you know, Bozeman, Montana, and, and meeting Zephyr Cochran, you know, I, I can buy that. That's it's not a big deal. And, uh, you know, with all the people in the world, one little Vulcan running around, yeah, I can sort of uh, believe that that could happen and not get, you know, noticed or whatever. So, uh, and and also on top of that, you know, you never really even know if T'Pol knows the complete end story of the whole thing. You know, maybe Mistral eventually left Earth at some point or whatever. So, uh, yeah, because, you know, who knows? So uh, let's see. Uh, next, I think we're uh, going to do some listener comments on this episode. So let's play uh, one of those right now. Greetings, people. This is Golden 113 at the forum. Everybody call me Ray. Uh, this is my first, first uh, commentary on uh, Carbon Creek Enterprise. Uh, I'd like to give you a little preview of it. Uh, first of all, it was a good uh, series. I mean, a good episode. I mean, it wasn't so bad. Uh, it all started to uh, uh, telling a story about a grandma landing on Earth or crashing, and uh, they got stranded on Earth. And uh, over the years, they uh, observed the situation and they found that uh, the humankind wasn't so bad after all. Uh, at the end, uh, they got found, uh, got rescued, uh, and uh, one left behind. But at the end, what happened? Well, you know the rest of the story. I should uh, never judge this uh, series, The Enterprise. I mean, uh, when it first came out, I was like, mm, 
Gene Robin must Gene Robin baby must be turning in his grave, and uh, I think he wouldn't like this. But if you give it time, see the all the, all the old you know whole episode like I'm gonna do next time. Uh, gonna it's not so bad. Uh, they should give it a try. But let's uh, see, let's see. I shouldn't judge. I shouldn't never judge like that. So in conclusion, I give this a three and a half. Well. That's it, Bond Commentary. This is Golden 113 signing off. And I'll see you later. Ciao. Well, thanks, Ray, or Gollum113, for your comments, and uh, that sounded good. I know you were questioning or wondering how your audio was, but I think it's pretty good, not too bad. And uh, thanks for uh, talking about Carbon Creek. And, yeah, you know, I know there's a lot of people at first that Enterprise wasn't their maybe favorite series of track or they had some problems with it, but I think, like you said, if you give it time and watch some episodes, I think you'll find that there's a lot of good stuff in these uh, episodes of Enterprise, and I think uh, this is a good episode, too, and so thank you for your comment. Next up, I think, is uh, Mark, a comment from Mark about this episode. Hey, Rico. This is Mark Daniels from the Great Pacific Northwest, and I'm M5 on the Treks and Sci-Fi Forum, and here are my comments for the Enterprise episode, Carbon Creek. I really like this episode. Uh, I like the fact that T'Pol's telling him a story about the true first contact, which happened in Carbon Creek, Pennsylvania, versus Bozeman, Montana. The story starts off with a Vulcan survey ship orbiting Earth monitoring the Sputnik launch in 1957. They have an engine malfunction. They crash to Earth. There are three survivors, Tamir, Mistrell, and Strawn, and they have to live, they have to survive on Earth, until their rescue ship comes. Well, they run out of food after a week, and then they venture into town, and some of the best scenes are when they're in town because Miss Drill hustles the people at the bar to get money to buy food, which is pretty funny. Uh, they take jobs. Um, another funny part is when Stan, he, he's a plumber. He has to take plumbing jobs, and he fixes a leaky sink with like a Vulcan phaser, which is pretty cool. And then he comes home one day and he's pretty mad because everybody's calling him Mo because he's got Mo's haircut. And then there's a scene where Tamir is ordering Mescal to do something. And he's like, uh, I got to do it now because Lucy's coming on TV tonight, which was really funny. But probably the best scene of the show was when Mistrill saves some miners by using some Vulcan technology to get the trapped miners out of the uh, collapsed mine, which was very cool. Um Finally, the rescue ship shows up, and only two of the survivors go back to Vulcan. One, one of the Vulcans, Mistrell, he stays on Earth. He wants to, he wants to watch us grow as, you know, as humanity grows. And the other two kind of lie, and he's left here. And it's a really good episode. While watching it, I've, I've, I've read a book about two years ago, and it has the same premise of a Vulcan scout ship crash landing on Earth, and they have to survive on Earth. It's a pretty good book. It's called Strangers from the Sky. If you get a chance, pick it up. It's a good read. Uh, I'd like to say thank you, Rico, for covering this episode. And have a good day. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, Mark, for your comments about uh, Carbon Creek. Yeah, it's, it's a really good episode. I enjoy it a lot, like I've said uh, during the commentary. That book that you mentioned, I've, uh, I've got that one and I've read it. It is a good book. It's Strangers from the Sky. Uh, by an author named Margaret Wander Banano. Uh, you can find it over on uh, 
Amazon. I'm just looking at the link right now. Looks like you can get it for the Kindle even. Uh, it, it might be out of print now, but you can definitely get it for the Kindle electronic version. So, uh, yeah, pick that up. It is a good book. I remember that one uh, as being uh, something that I enjoyed a lot. And this is, uh, like I said, a fun episode, like you said as well. So thanks for your comments. And we've got one more from our buddy uh, Rick Moyer, and I think he's got another song for us. So listen to Rick and his new tune uh, for this episode, I think. And then I will be back and we'll wrap up today's podcast. Hey, Rico, this is Rick Moyer, Moyer777 from the forums at the Treks and Sci-Fi forums. They're so cool. And uh, I am so glad that you are covering Carbon Creek, the Enterprise episode that really was cool. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere, and it was a lot of fun because any time that the Star Trek crew goes back to Earth at any time in the past or the future, it's always fun to watch. And so this was such a neat little thing uh, when they're in the the captain's uh, little dining room there, and T'Pol starts to share about her grandmother and it's just really, really cool, and it was a lot of fun um, to watch the show just because, uh, just to see them interact with people of that time and that era. So it was really neat. I, I really enjoyed the the episode. Got a kick out of the one Vulcan that kept watching TV and really was getting into the culture, and really the end was kind of a cool little twist, and uh, I just really thought it was a great episode all the way around. So I wrote an original song um, that went with kind of the, the place and the time they were, uh, a little bit different than my normal songs, but I think you'll really enjoy it. I actually did this whole song, except for the vocals, on um, on the iPad. And I, I actually play harmonica on it. But everything else is just from the iPad, and I wrote it at my kitchen table and then and then imported it into my software to be able to sing on it. So I think you guys will get a kick out of this. It's called Going Down to Carbon Creek. I give this episode, by the way, four and a half stars out of five because it was that good. Loved it. You think you know when first contact really was? Well, think again. It was back in 1957 in a small town in Pennsylvania called Carbon Creek. Four Vulcans crash-landed after watching Sputnik Punch. We're going down to Carbon Creek. Let's see who we can be. Going down to Carbon Creek Let's see who we can be Said I love Lucy on the TV What about the three stooges? Oh yeah Helping at the local pub Watching baseball with my bud Watching baseball with my bud, live long and prosper. Someone said the de-stress call.
Rick, fantastic. Love the new song. It's very, you know, country-ish, and, and I think it fits this uh, episode real well. So thanks so much for your comments and, and the new tune. Love it. Uh, just And I'm not really much of a kind of a country guy either, but uh, it's it's a fun song, and, and it really works. So thanks a lot, man, and, and make sure to check out Rick's site over at StarTrekParodies.com when you get a chance for all their cool tunes and uh, on Trek and other subjects that, that Rick has done over the years. So thanks again for that, and thanks for all your comments, guys. I very much appreciate those. Um, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week. I think it's pretty much done. Uh, no collectibles to talk about right now. Uh, a couple things in the works. Uh, working on gathering. You actually just went out yesterday to get a few more little pieces for it, but working on building a Farnsworth uh, replica prop for um, the or from the uh, television show uh, Warehouse 13, uh, and I've got uh, a few things on order. So hopefully in the next you know month or two I'll be putting that together. And I, I got a few cool ideas for it actually, and uh, and I, I don't know if it's going to work. That it's a you know it depends how many how much electronics I can shove in that little box. <laughs> so we'll see how that works out. Anyway, uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Again, uh, if you'd like to make a donation via PayPal, that's at treksf at gmail.com. Uh, reviews and iTunes, always great to uh, to have, and, and I, I really appreciate those. And, and just anything you'd want to uh, learn about the show today or the podcast, there's podcast notes each week over at treksandsci-fi.com. You can also use the uh, web URL, shortcut treksf.com. will get you uh, right there as well. And join the forum. I opened up res- registration. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I w- opened the registration up again, but I'm still getting a lot of just uh, just bots and, and 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 things trying to register to like you know buy cheap airline tickets.com. When you send me a, you know your email address is that I, I kind of suspect you're not really interested in talking about geeky subjects like we talk about over on the on the treks and sci-fi forums. But uh, and uh, I think that's about it. Oh, one last thing. I, I'm I'm going to try to put up some kind of soon generic uh, T-shirts, possibly on Cafe Press. I've tried to do this before. I've done T-shirt runs, uh, but I'm trying to come up with a way to do it so anyone can get a T-shirt pretty much anytime they want. It may just be with some text and some generic like little uh, graphic on it, uh, because I always had trouble using Cafe Press and using that Spock logo picture from the uh, the podcast itself. They always said that's infringing on, you know, Paramount and all that good stuff. Even though if you look over Cafe Press or other T-shirt sites online like Zazzle, there's lots of stuff that you, if you really look at it, I mean, are pretty much are infringing on copyrighted material. But they kind of let them get away with it. So I don't know why they were so so much a stickler for mine. But anyway, 
I'm going to try to get that going sometime in the next few weeks. I will let you guys know uh, as soon as I, I, I get that up and going, either on the podcast, on the forums, or on the website, or all places once that's in place. So thanks so much again for listening, downloading each week. I, I appreciate it greatly after six years. It is what keeps me coming back each week to record and talk into the air here in my Rico cave for a couple of hours or whatever each each Sunday. So everyone take care. Have a great week. I will talk to you again next week. And next weekend show is going to cover uh, fall TV, genre TV that's coming out this fall. We got some you know, fantasy, fairy tale type shows. We have a couple of other things that are sort of borderline, uh, you know, sci-fi slash uh, just just cool stuff. And uh, it may be a video cast. I'm not quite sure yet, but please send me your comments. Any, you know, what I'm looking for probably for next week's show, it's probably maybe going to be an audio cast, uh, but I, I'm tempted to still do video. But even if you guys just send me an audio clip, I'll, I'll insert it even if I do a video cast. I'll, I'll figure out you know a way to put it into the show. So uh, what I would like is just send me a clip about what you guys are looking forward to, what show you're looking forward to, what new show. I'm only really going to talk about new shows. I may briefly mention some returning shows that are coming back. But uh, tell me what you're looking forward to, what new TV show like Grimm, uh, which which looks like sort of a retelling in a way of, of Grimm fairy tales, sort of. That's a pretty broad statement but uh but you know what tv new new sort of genre tv show are you guys looking forward to 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 see this fall so let me know what you think and send those comments to treksf at gmail.com and i am out of here time to go edit and then cut my grass which is crazy long right now everyone bye-bye talk to you later bye it's been long absolutely not We're not doing it. We're not singing the song again. No. You've been listening to Trexinsci-Fi. For more information, visit TrexinsciFi.com. Write to Rico today at TrekSF at gmail.com. That's TrekSF at gmail.com. Set a course for Earth. Maximum warp. Copyright 2011. All rights reserved. I'm Captain Kirk. Tricks in sci-fi. At ease before you sprain something. Your weekly dose of kinky goodness. And entertainment news. This mission would have failed without your help. I won't be speaking. To the podcast where no one has podcasted before. Captain Abassians yet. Not with, we're not done with the Cardassians yet. Not with the strategic importance of that world. Thanks for joining us for Treks in Sci-Fi. Treks in Sci-Fi.